listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast with your host, Jacob Fasig. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works, locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They want to make it easy for you to reach your nutritional goals and to stay on track. They offer heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed beef and all-natural hormone and free-range chicken and pork. Pick up locations all over Middle Tennessee as well as some delivery options for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make the nutrition the easiest part of your day. This podcast is also brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Swing by NutriShop Franklin for free in-body scans, free samples, and unrivaled customer service. And when you do, tell them you heard about it from Jacob on the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. But hey, no worries. If you don't live in Franklin, you can check them out in Murfreesboro or Knoxville. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Strength Outside the Box. Strength Outside the Box is a podcast hosted by Amy Hester and Lauren Coral, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. It is all about two girls getting to the heart of how a community of CrossFit athletes is changing each other's lives one wad at a time, while digging deep to understand how the lessons learned within the gym can provide strength for obstacles outside the box. Grab a cup of coffee and get ready to make two new gym besties as they chat with members of their own gym, neighboring gyms, and beyond. With each interview comes more laughter and a true sense of community, family, and what it means to have strength outside the box. Find them now wherever you listen to podcasts and on Instagram at Strength Outside the Box. The ladies are currently accepting suggestions for new boxes to visit and feature on their show. If you would like to nominate your awesome gym, email them at strengthoutsidethebox at gmail.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the Hot Room Yoga Studio, located in Cool Springs on Seaborne Lane. So you're strong, but how well do you move? Yoga at the Hot Room will help you recover quicker from those tough workouts and increase your range of motion so you can do better in the gym, bringing you pain relief and stress relief. You don't have to be gummy to get started. The knowledgeable instructors provide clear and concise instruction for beginners and are committed to helping you get the most out of each yoga class. Visit the website thehotroomtn.com and claim your three classes for $20 intro special. Don't let aches and pains slow you down. Get started today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Float Alchemy. Float Alchemy has modern, natural, and effective tools for fast recovery, more flexibility, and focus. We offer flotation therapy, cryotherapy, Normatech recovery, infrared saunas, and more in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. For Barbell Voodoo listeners, we're offering a one-time special price on our CrossFit Recovery Pack. Normally, that's $162. You get one 60-minute float, one whole-body cryo session, a 40-minute sweat in our infrared sauna, and 30 minutes of Normatech Leg Recovery System for only $100. Go to floatalchemy.com slash barbellvoodoo to purchase your CrossFit Recovery Pack and use the code voodoo at checkout to get $62 off the regular price. They also have Kabucha Taproom. Try their painkiller. The Kabucha is packed with anti-inflammatories including fermented ginger, turmeric, and willow bark as well as hemp CBD. It is the perfect recovery drink to hydrate and heal from the inside. And today's podcast is brought to you by Fight for Air Climb. 
Join us for the 6th Annual Fight for Air Climb hosted by the American Lung Association on November 3rd, 2018. This vertical stair climb race will be held at the 505 in downtown Nashville and challenges participants to climb 45 stories. That's 862 steps to the top of the 505, which is the tallest residential building in the state of Tennessee. Registration is only $35, and there's a fundraising fee of $100 by Climb Day. Danny D Fitness is our official fitness sponsor and will kick off the climb around 9 a.m. Sign up now before we fill up at www.climbnashville.org. 100% of the proceeds will go back into programs, research, and advocacy to help improve lung health and save lives. Want to participate in a more intense workout? There are only 12 spots left to participate in the pre-climb race called the Vertical Mile. This happens at 6.30 a.m. on November 3rd. To qualify to participate in this, please email abby.williams at lung.org. That's A-B-B-Y dot W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S at L-U-N-G dot org. And today's podcast is brought to you by Danny D Fitness, owned and operated by Danny Dyer, based out of Franklin, Tennessee. She focuses on positive body image, effective workouts, and loving your journey to the healthier lifestyle. Come see Danny for one-on-one training, tandem or kids training, female small group training, group classes, pop-up events, and so much more. Visit dannydfitness.com. Or find her on Instagram, Facebook at Danny D Fitness One. That's Danny D Fitness in the number one for more info. Hey, this is Rich Broning. You're listening to Barbell Voodoo Podcast. But we'll go from there. If um, if a door opens and you suddenly hear, it's probably a dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bella, she really likes people, and she probably thinks you're here to play with them. Welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I actually know what number this one is while we're recording. It's number 53. Boom. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I've never been able to announce a number, and so that's, one in and of itself, a great new day. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. And so this is the 53rd Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Sweet. That's pretty number great. 53? It's not my lucky number, but we'll go with it. Lucky number 53. <laughs> it might be now. It yeah. might be now. So we are uh, sitting here with Sarah and Amanda, and they are here to talk about the D word. The D word. There's so many. I know. Maybe we should specify a bit. I think I weirdly started that way again last time, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. That just made it weird. Um, But we're here at the uh, Fit by 40 World Headquarters, (laughs) my house. That's awesome. International. International. It has no significance of internationality whatsoever. Um, But yeah, so one of the things that uh, Sarah's been very open with in her life um, in times is her her battle with uh, depression. And she had actually said, hey, it'd be really cool for us to do and a podcast about depression um, because it's one of those things that, that people don't talk about. People um, feel insecure or feel that it's something that they just have to deal with and kind of get through and then, you know, everything's fine. And, and that's not exactly the case. Like the more that we, we find that we talk about it, the more it helps people, the more it allows people to engage in a conversation about it, which in turn turns into a very healthy response. So um, 
let, let's start with just your, your story. You know, where, where, where did this kind of, um, do you think it kind of entered into your life in terms of you recognizing what it, it was? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so looking back, you know, you always say hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking back, I can definitely see now that there were very prevalent signs um, of having depression and anxiety from a very young age. But, you know, as a kid, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's happening with your body or whatever. Um, or that you're or, or even that maybe what you're doing isn't, quote unquote, normal or mm-hmm. like other kids aren't feeling the way you're feeling or experiencing the thoughts that you're experiencing. So I think there was kind of a a component to that, just not knowing or being aware that you're different. Um, and maybe thinking that everyone thinks the way you do or whatever, but then the older you get, the more you do start to realize, okay, wait, like I'm feeling this way and that's not normal or I'm thinking these thoughts. So anyways, growing up, you know, again, looking back now, I can definitely see that it's always been there. Um, middle school and high school, I loved high school. I hated middle school, but I absolutely loved high school. But I think that's when signs really started to manifest themselves. Um, I think just home life, I didn't, I came from a split household and not to say that that, you know, it does have a lot to do with it, but (laughs) not everyone goes through that in a split household, but, um, you know, living conditions weren't ideal or, or whatnot, um, especially for a kid that has depression and then, you know, puberty hits and that adds a whole nother piece to it. So, um, I really think in high school is when things really kind of started spiraling out of control for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, not really identifying what it is or what it was. Um, I think most of the time I just chalked it up to hormones and, and being a teenager. Um, and so, you know, flash forward to my twenties, um, Honestly, my twenties were like the worst time of my life. Um, I, you know, that's, I feel like that's your first exposure to the real world and figuring out who you are and where you fit in in society, because now you're an adult, you know, whatever that means. And, um, you're responsible for your actions and, you know, you have to pay the bills and you have to, you know, function. All that lame stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I think that's when I started to realize that daily life and daily tasks that I saw everyone else being able to handle, um, and maintain and, and I guess for lack of a better term, survive, I Mm -hmm. wasn't, um, like perfect example. Um, I was 23 years old and bought my first townhouse. And by 24, it was almost being foreclosed on because I hadn't made payments, (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't just a lack of, you know, me being lazy or me being, it wasn't like an accountability thing. It wasn't that I didn't have the money. I just, when there's certain, and that's when I started to realize that there were triggers. Mm. Um, and for me it's male and I hate male. (laughs) I sound crazy right now, but you know, you, you, you start to identify that there's certain triggers. And for me, it's math, which Again, sounds a little weird. Um, and mail, and so when you mail, get a, like uh, like M- postal mail. Okay, like not M A L E. No, M A I L. I was trying to figure out which mail you were talking about, and mail. I was going, okay, what surely it'll reveal itself. About? Nope, it's not going to do it. <laughs> like not a letter you open. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, 
They used to have, okay, for, for all you young people that are listening, there oh, used yeah, to be right? these things called <laughs> post offices. <laughs> and they used these things called stamps. And you paid for a stamp, and that stamp on an actual envelope, which is made out of paper, you could send yeah. to a person around the world. It's pretty phenomenal. It's like email, but in a tangible form. In a physical form. And, and much slower. And much slower. And costs money. So um, you can see why it stays yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, it was, it was one of those things where I couldn't figure out why mail was causing me so much anxiety. It sounds, yeah, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Like I would literally go weeks without checking my mailbox. And when I would go, it would just be overflowing. And then you have a stack <laughs> that you got to yeah. go through. And so as you, you know, as I continued through my twenties, little th- more things like that started to pop up and I started to identify triggers but it all stemmed from a feeling of being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily the mail. It was having to go through the mail and being responsible for staying on top of so many things at once. Yeah. And, and for me and with my depression and anxiety, that's a trigger. I get overwhelmed very easily and mm-hmm. I shut down. I don't ask for help. I don't try and figure out how to fix it. I just withdraw and shut down. Okay. So... That was me trying to figure out what was going on in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, I hit, you know, super high highs and super low lows. Um, and it got to the point where it was August of 2008. Um, now, I had seen, uh, like, my family doctor or PCP, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing against him, but when it comes... When it comes to mental health, it's just like anything else. Like you need to see a specialist. You need to see someone right. that knows what they're dealing with. And mm-hmm. I guess I didn't recognize that at the time because again, it's something that's not talked about as much mm-hmm. as like, you know, if you if you have cancer, oh, we gotta find a specialist, we gotta know, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure. So because well, you can, you know, your your general doctors only can know so much about so much. Right, exactly. You know. Exactly. And in in each subject or each part or each element of a body and what it goes through is extensive. You know? it, yeah. There's just no way. Yeah, exactly. So I, and this term I learned in the South, I think I said this last time too, bless his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Bless his heart. <laughs> I'm from Colorado. That still sounds weird saying, but <laughs> bless his heart. Yeah. Um, my PCP <laughs> did the best that he could and put me on antidepressants mm-hmm. and said, let's give this a try. Yeah. Well, it was the wrong antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, about, Six weeks after I was on it, um, I had the worst crash of my life, and I came home. I was a pool manager at the time. Outdoor pool, I mean, come on. I got paid to get a tan. Life was good. I had my townhouse. I had just gotten my dog tank. Um, It's a great dog name, by the way. Right. (laughs) So from the outside looking in, you know, everything was fine. You know, I, I was good. Yeah. Um. And I didn't know the warning signs. I didn't know that there mm-hmm. could be warning signs, and I didn't know there could be side effects. Um, so one day I was just in in a slump, and uh, I think that's one thing people don't understand too. And we'll get to this later. But you know, there's a difference between being sad or like something happen happening to you, and you get sad or depressed, but you always come out the other side. Yeah, yeah. People with depression, they don't come out the other side. They stay in the crash, mm-hmm. and so. I was in the crash, not knowing that that's what it was. Yeah. And I went home 
and I just, I couldn't stop the negative thoughts and I swallowed every pill I could find in my house and I laid down and went to sleep because mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make the pain stop. I couldn't right. make the thoughts stop and I didn't know how else to deal with the situation. Sure. And so yeah. logically in my head, the only escape was to just not be here anymore mm-hmm. and then just make it all stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, my, um, I guess my roommate was downstairs and she didn't know, but, um, my ex at the time we were still talking and long story short, he found me called 911 ambulance, took me to the emergency room. And, um, I woke up in, uh, the psych ward. <laughs> yeah. So that right there told me, I guess that was one of the first times in my life that I was like, yeah, this is, this is real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is dangerous. And, but also you don't ever want to be here again. Cause this is not you. Right. This is not, you know, this is, this isn't how you want to live your life. So, but because of that, because I had that one bad experience, I never wanted to take medications again. Sure. Out yeah. of fear. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like I, I don't want to end up bad, you know, I don't yeah. want to do that. And the unfortunate part of depression and anxiety is it is trial and error. And you Mm -hmm. are pretty much a guinea pig until you figure out what works. And it's not take a pill, wait two hours and see. It's Mm -hmm. you're going to take this for the next four to six, maybe eight weeks. And then we're going to figure out if it's working. Yeah. So it's a long process. Well, in in your age category and life place in life, the safety parameters in which to to do trial and error on um, drugs that are affecting your brain mm-hmm. is is very problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not a teenager living at home where you have hopefully you know parents that are watching over you and monitoring the oh, situation. Yeah. It's like you're on your own. Yeah. You're still having to like survive and do the adult thing. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. like your choice is your choice. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's not a, a safe environment to conduct tests. You know, exactly. for this, of and this it, nature. And that all goes back to being overwhelmed and you know, that, that whole thing. So, um, so I, I swore I would never try medications again. And I'm, I've always been a very competitive person by nature. I mean, I'm a CrossFitter, I guess that goes without saying, (laughs) but, um, I did not like the fact that this thing, whatever it was that I now realized was inside of me, one was always there and, Mm. but now I'm starting to identify it. And two, it's always going to be there. Um, but I didn't like the fact that it had so much control over me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that really bothered me. And that also bothered me that everyone kept telling me I have to find some magic pill to combat it with. Sure. So I don't like, (laughs) I don't like this thing that I now have to live with the rest of my life, but I also don't (laughs) like being told a chemical is going to have just as much control over me as this thing. Yeah. And they're just going to battle it out. And I just have to be the vessel that that happens. Yeah. Good luck. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a lot to take on. I guess a lot. By the way, to... you can't control either of <laughs> exactly. those. Exactly. <laughs> you just get to be the one who feels it all and experiences yeah. it all. Yeah. So sounds great. Oh yeah, great. it was a blast, blasty blast, good times. Blasty blast. <laughs> blasty blast. <laughs> I really want to start using that now in my blasty life. Blast. Oh yeah. It's a blasty blast. Oh yeah. So, um, so I fought medications for years. I fought therapy for years because I was hell bent and determined to, to fight it on my own. Um, and it just kept going. It, it and it's true, at, at least for me, um, it's a cycle. I'll mm-hmm. go f- months where I'm fine and then months where I'm not fine. Mm-hmm. Um, now is that, um, 
that cycle happen on or off medication? Off. Okay. That was your normal mode of operation. Right. Okay. And because I identified, you know, male and, and having to do math (laughs) as being triggers. Maybe it's just M words. Maybe. Yes. Maybe it's just those. I just need to stay away from that. Eliminate M from my vocabulary. Yeah. No monsters. No. Oh Oh. no. Yeah. Yeah. As I clutch mine in in front of the microphone. Um, You just have to call them energy drinks. Energy drinks. You can't call them monsters. Yeah. Maybe switch to Red Bull or something. I don't know. Oh. Oh, I, I don't even do know about that. They, I, I feel many, like they make a whole lot of money, though. Mm, I don't know. Too many bad memories of Red Bull and vodka oh. in my younger years. <laughs> yeah. Nope, can't do mm. it. Um, but yeah, so recognizing male and and math, um, it became my quest to now identify my triggers and avoid. Okay. Which isn't the right perception to have you should I mean you can't avoid a trigger a trigger is a trigger but you can at least identify it and start to learn how to cope I guess yeah. but I think everybody manage. kind of starts there like mm-hmm. you know anytime somebody is going through a issue that they're trying to leave behind mm-hmm. whatever that is the the first step is just avoid it all like right. at all costs I want it I want it out of my life right you know and, and in some of these situations that's not sustainable whatsoever mm-hmm. and you know triggers relapses and, and all kinds of other fun things for right. other people but like I ha- like I have to check my mail. I have to pay my bills. Like yeah. that's not an option. So right. I can't not avoid. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I have to. I have to do these things. No, back in the dark ages when they had to mail everything. Right. To you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I never got it. You know, yeah. <laughs> must have got lost in the mail. I miss being able to use <laughs> that as right. an excuse. <laughs> yeah, I mailed you that check though. Oh, I don't know what. Now is. Oh, it must have went to my junk folder. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let me check my spam folder. That's so funny. Um. So, yeah, I fought it all through my 20s, um, and I, 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 to this day, look back, and I don't know how my parents survived me, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, because sure. they've, they've always, so, like I said, my parents are split, um, but uh, genetically speaking, it runs um, on my dad's side, and then my mom just being in close quarters with it, okay. I kind of had those two to fall back on as far as like needing help and guidance and whenever, mm-hmm. you know, I needed to reach out. Um, but it finally got to the point really within the last year or two, um, I, I got into my thirties situations change, you know, you get older, you get a little wiser. Um, and it was still manageable, but I was still hitting crashes and yeah. I was still, it got to the point where I was just tired all the time and exhausted all the time. And I started to look lazy and it's not, I'm not a lazy person. Yeah. It's just because I was, I'm so tired of fighting this internal battle that nobody else is seeing. That's taking so much energy out of me that I can't do daily life. Did you find it getting worse? It got worse because I'm an overthinker mm-hmm. and I, and I dwell on things. Yeah. And so I began to, as my my mom always said, create my own hell. Yeah, so sure. I would find things and latch onto them and I could not let them go. Mm-hmm. Or someone would say something to me and out of the entire conversation, there might be one sentence that I would latch onto. What did they mean by that? Mm-hmm. What is that? You know, are they trying to tell me something? You know, like, and I would just overanalyze and think and think and think to the point of making myself crazy about it. Yeah. And that would throw me in. Well, that just, they, they really don't like me. They're just, you know, and it's this negative self-talk that you mm-hmm. convince yourself of. Um, and it just spirals out of control. And so yeah. I just got to a point where 
I, I'm, just, I'm sick of living this way. I'm sick of trying to combat this by myself. I gave it a try. I thought I could do it. Um, and, you know, I kept reaching out to my mom. I kept reaching out to my dad. And, it, and I could tell it was exhausting on them as well because the last thing you want as a parent is, you know, I, I felt like every time I called them, they were always worried that it was like that call, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because I had been there before and I had gotten there a couple other times where I'd called and, you know, it was, um, you need to talk me off the ledge right now because this sure. is where I'm at. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, you never want to be that person to your loved ones, but at the same time, you are how you are and you don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. when you finally get to the point where you're comfortable reaching out for help to those closest to you, you forget that it also takes a toll on them or at least it's yeah. not, you know, in, at the forefront of your thoughts. So I finally was like, you know what, if I'm going to make it in this world and, and live the life that I had always thought I wanted, or at least wanted to see if I could have, mm-hmm. I can't do this by myself. I have to, I have to seek help professionally and I I want, I've tried it without the meds and therapy and it's not worked. Yeah. The only other option is to try it with. Mm. And if it still doesn't work, who knows? But (laughs) (laughs) at least I'm giving it, you know, the option and try. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, you know me, and I, I'm an open book, so I, you know, I bounced around on a couple meds over the last year and uh, uh, find a therapist, found a therapist who's absolutely amazing. I see her once a week, and she's phenomenal. Um, but also, in the midst of all of this, um, I 100% believe that CrossFit helped keep me around, for lack of a better term. Okay. Um, or way of saying it. Um, in 2012 is when I first started CrossFit. And that was at that weird time where, all right, I was coming out of, you know, the hospital situation and whatnot in 2008. I was kind of stumbling along, still trying to figure stuff out. Um, and when I found CrossFit, it gave me um, an outlet physically, which is important for uh, people with depression and anxiety. We need a way to exert that. Um, but it also gave me a sense of, you know, we always go back to it, that community. Like, yeah. these people actually do care and they want me here. And that's something that I had always, the negative self-talk from the depression and anxiety, convinced myself that I never really had friends or that they just tolerated me or that, you know, well... Mm-hmm. I'm a part of this, you know, group at school and it just kind of makes sense that I just hang out with these people or, you know, so, and not to say that that was the truth at all. Cause I still have friends from high school I talk to. So we're obviously, you know, we care about each other. Um, but it's, again, it's, it's just that, that negative, that, that thought process that, um, is ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. But the fact that CrossFit had people that if you didn't show up, they were, where you at, you know, you get a yeah. call or a text and, and, uh, that kind of opened my eyes to there could be people out there that really do care about me and mean it and not just, you know, if you don't show up to class and you get a call or a text asking where you are, they obviously took the time out of their day to reach out to you. So they obviously care. Right. And that was very hard for me to accept. But the fact that it kept happening told me that there was something special and different about CrossFit and that this, this is something that I need to keep in my life um, to help combat the depression and anxiety, just if nothing else, just to, sh- to prove myself wrong. Sure. That there are people there that care about you. Yeah. So there, um, 
you know, just, just the fact that somebody actually thought about you outside of the context they would normally think about you exactly. says a lot. Right. You know, um, this, this is going to be great. You're going to, you're going to love this. I could uh, probably get emails, but so, so <laughs> Dr. Phil, when he had people on all the time, like there was a time I might've watched a little bit of Dr. <laughs> Phil and just, just put it out there. Um, but people would convince themselves in this self narrative about how important they were, you know, and about how much people thought of them and how, how much that their, you know, social media and all this had to be so great and put out there. And he would always be like, no one's thinking about you. Like no, no one, no one's, no one's doing that. Like if you call up to somebody and they'd be like, Oh, Oh great. I hadn't talked to you in a while. I hadn't thought about you because, because they're not thinking about you as much as you think they are. Like right. no one cares that much, but in, in, in actual relationships, when you have people that you're in a relationship with and community with and something like, um, like CrossFit and, and however it breeds it in its DNA, I, I still don't fully understand because, you know, there's a lot of organizations that try to do what CrossFit does without CrossFit even trying to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it just doesn't, um, that, that changes everything. You know, it, it's those times where I told somebody, Hey, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. And if I don't show up, I will get lit up like, oh, yeah. w- with like, you know, four or five people that yeah. will be like, I can't believe you weren't there. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? And, and I, in turn, when someone says, Hey, okay, yeah, I'll see you, see you tomorrow. There, there was a girl this weekend that um, she came, I was coaching and, and she worked out in, in the class that I was coaching and, and I said, Oh, are you coming back tomorrow before you leave town? I knew she was, she was flying out and she was like, yeah, I'll see you Saturday morning. I was like, great. Eight o'clock. And she like walked out. She didn't hear the eight o'clock part. And so when she showed up at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, yeah. I was like, glad to have you at eight o'clock. I'm so glad we got to work out together. And she's like, Oh, I didn't know it was eight o'clock. That's early. She's younger. And I'm like, that was like, I was like, that was, that was like late morning for me. What are you talking about? Like, so funny. I was like, I had, to, I had to sit around the house and think of something to do oh before I even left. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it's that, it's that thing though, that, that you, you want to see people, you want to be a part of people's lives. You want to be, because you've been there for important times when you've done things that you didn't believe was possible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and that solidifies you in a way that, that is unmatched, I think, in, in other places. Um, Which I think is a very good point because I, I 100% attribute CrossFit and the changes that I saw in my body and what I was able to achieve to getting to the point of realizing I need to combat this professionally with help. In CrossFit, you show up and you see, you know, day one, you get shmammered and like from the barbell shmammered. and you just like you're laid out and you're just or the like PVC pipe, or okay. the pvc pipe <laughs> oh, but you literally is, are that, like, is, that is not a lie true beginner here true beginner. not a lie that i don't care like not even beginning you can yeah. pick up that thing like after a couple of years and it will put you in a bad place yeah. oh for sure for a stupid sure pvc pipe God, there is no line there but you start this this journey in crossfit and you know you walk in you do your first workout and it's awful but you're hooked and you see all these other people doing things. You're like, oh, that looks cool. I, I want to do that someday. But the cool thing is, is you can do that and mm. you start to do that. And you go from, you know, ring rows to banded strict pull-ups to achieving your first strict yeah. unassisted pull-up. And, and you know, you start with a PVC pipe and then you can move to the training bar and then you can move to the bar. And, you know, and so CrossFit showed me regardless of how messed up I think I am in the head or whatever, 
I'm still able to achieve goals and I'm still able to do things that I didn't think I could do, but mm. have, but proved to myself that I'm fully capable if I just go for it and commit and put in the hard work and effort. Yeah. And so that I, you know, eventually leaked over into managing the depression and anxiety. Like mm-hmm. this is just like that, you know, 300 pound deadlift you never thought you could do, or, you know, whatever the goal or the ring muscle up, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is something that you have just always assumed you're never going to be able to um, combat and conquer. But given the right tools and the right guidance, it, it's absolutely you're never going to it's always going to be there. Yeah. But you can definitely manage it mm-hmm. with the proper tools and coaching, just like CrossFit. So, so, so you saw progress physically and mentally within CrossFit, which gave you hope that maybe that could actually happen in, in, in the form of your depression, you know, like if there were, if there were tools, if you could work with somebody and, and, you know, maybe even use a, a drug of some kind that would work, mm-hmm. then you saw that maybe you could also see progress in that department. Whereas before, maybe it was just purely survival. Exactly. You know, and it's that's like, a huge deal. It's like anything else you go, you know, you have those people that go and try and work out by themselves for years and then they come into the gym and then they're under, you know, watchful coaches eyes and trained yeah. eyes and taught the proper way to do things. And all of a sudden they're making all these gains they haven't made for years. Mm-hmm. And their Same intensity idea. goes through the roof, exactly. but they never realized even that was yeah. a factor. Yeah. You know, they're like, Oh, I do a few moves and then I'll go look at the mirror or whatever. You know, <laughs> I have a friend that just started CrossFit and, and he is super buff, like great looking guy. Like you look at him, you're like, Oh, he is fit. And then he started CrossFit and he, he, he called me uh, after his first CrossFit class and he was like, okay, I'm not near as fit as I thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. And, and he's realizing like that level of intensity. He's going, oh man, like when you're with a group and they're all pushing each other oh, and yeah. like, or if you're teamed up with somebody and like they're depending on you, like that's a whole nother ball game mm. than, you know, visiting what he had before, you know, which was like Planet Fitness kind of thing. Like he'd hit a, hit a few machines and, and he would do the CrossFit workouts by himself, like in a corner quietly, you know, and try to get away with it. Um, but he was one of the, it's one of those that like, Oh, I didn't realize that was like timed or <laughs> like I, I had to do that in a certain, you know, time, right. you know, whatever, you know, factor in the, the, the thing that adds intensity, whether that's a clock or, or, or a time domain you have to say into, but yeah, that was funny talking to him about that. <laughs> so you, Found hope in that, and you, and you started pursuing other ways to kind of not necessarily uh, treat but manage. Is that, is that what we're saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Manage it. Um, I guess I never realized. You know, I was I always thought therapy because I'm like, you know, why am I going to go see this stranger that I have no connection with and and no relationship with? Yeah. Tell them all my deepest, darkest secrets for an hour while I'm on a clock. Pay them an insane amount of money insane. when I'm just one of however many people they see that day. Mm-hmm. And then I'm supposed to do this once or twice a month or a week, whatever I or my insurance can afford. Right. You know, and it, it's just it just sent, it seems so impersonal. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time doing this. I can't divulge my entire life story in an hour why is this person going to be invested in me? All they want is my money. And so I never understood. So I made all these excuses. Sure. Yeah. And I never understood the value. Now I will say again, just like a coach in a gym, it takes finding the right therapist, just like it takes finding the right coach mm. 
to connect with and understand the value that they're bringing to your life and, and, you know, quality of life and whatnot. I mean, there's, and I hate to say it, there's tons of CrossFit gyms out there that have poor coaching. It's just, it is what it is, but there's also gyms out there that have phenomenal coaching Mm -hmm. and that's the difference. Uh, Same thing with finding the right therapist. And it's, and it's not to say that, you know, it it could be a personality conflict or it could just be lack of experience, you know? Yeah. Well, and people just plain do things differently. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when it comes to therapy and therapists, like they, they operate in different ways, mm-hmm. just like different CrossFit boxes op- operate in different ways. And yeah. some ways are better for you than others. And some, you know, some yeah, are just, just fine, but yeah. could be better, you know? And, and so you find the right person that you gel with and, mm-hmm. and that makes all the difference in the world for sure. Yeah. yeah. So on both accounts. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, that's kind of in a nutshell, uh, my life and uh, where I'm at now. So I, I mean, I'm by no means out of the woods. Yeah, sure. Um, I still have super bad days and, and crashes and super low lows. and um, But I'm able to manage it a little bit better. And, you know, it's always going to be a learning uh, process and whatnot, an ongoing uh, one. Um, but again, you know, falling back to that CrossFit community aspect, um, you also find people like Amanda. <laughs> Who yeah. you? Yeah, she's still here. She's still here. Hey, hey, hey. I'm here Super talkative, and been able to shut her up the whole time. La, 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 la. Um, but you do, you do find those that you connect with people, and and that maybe you connect on more levels than you realize at first, um, and then you you end up finding people that you can trust and confide in, and there's been times you know, in the past few months or past year or whatever that I have been able to reach out to Amanda when I'm having a bad day or, or in a bad place. Um, because I know I can trust her and, and she's there for me and it's, it's real. She, there's no judgment. Um, mm-hmm. cause she legitimately cares about me and I never would have found that if it hadn't have been for CrossFit and us working out of the same gym, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think again, it just, there's so much that I, when I say CrossFit changed my life, I don't think people realize in how many ways, mm-hmm. not just the physical aspect. I mean, I look better. I'm 34. I look better now than I did at all in my twenties, <laughs> you know, like, and so yes, there's a physical component and yes, there's a, a health component. I'm healthier now than I ever was, mm-hmm. but there's also, you know, CrossFit legitimately saved my life. If mm. I, I 100% believe that if it, if CrossFit had not, if I had not been introduced to it, I would not be here today. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So through the process, you're even trusting people outside of who you, who you pay, like you're there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we'll play each other in Wait. monsters. And Wait, that's an yeah. option. <laughs> Wait, that's paid friendship. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah. No, but that, but I mean, that's a that's a big move mm-hmm. because before you weren't sure that people felt the same way about you. Mm-hmm. You know that that even though you, you you were saying you even question people that you are still in touch with in high school, probably like that relationship yeah. and things that they say to to have an external. Uh, friendship that um, you're able to confide in is, is a is a big growth area. That's a big deal. Well, and I think too, it's because, and I'm not going to like put you on the spot or anything, yeah. but it's because I know that she deals with the same thing. Yeah, mm. and I think that when it got to that point, that's when I was like, 
You're my girl. Yeah. Well, because it's hard unless you have it. Yeah. It is extremely difficult for those that don't to understand it. Yeah. No yeah, matter how Why don't hard you just have it. some ice cream and get over it? Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. who cares what if you're sad? What do you have to be sad about? There's people over in third world countries. Yeah. That yeah. Do you need and an extra monster? Will yeah. that pick exactly. you up? <laughs> it's not circumstantial at all. It's like circumstances are great. Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> and that goes to, it's a, it's, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Yeah. It's just like if you have high blood pressure, you take blood pressure medicine to monitor it. Yeah. There is a chemical imbalance in my brain that I have to ha- take medications for to keep it. Ba- it's, it and it, it sucks that in our society, mental illness or mental health is viewed as being so different than if any other body part were, mm-hmm. you know, diseased or infected or you know whatever like and I just I still don't understand and maybe because it is such a abstract topic or area of um study which I think is why I got so interested into it and 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 whatnot in in my studies in school and whatnot but we really don't know a whole lot about how the mind works Mm -hmm. we know parts of the brain we know how certain parts communicate we know about you know the neurotransmitters and all that kind of stuff and we know that there's like norepinephrine dopamine and serotonin those are the three majors that affect depression Mm -hmm. um, and depressives but there's still so much we don't know about it and I think because there's still so much we don't know about it it's still kind of looked at as a well, then maybe it's not real. Make believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's not some machine. Like, you can't throw me into, like, a CAT scanner or whatever, like, and say, okay, well, you, here, here, and here is where we, you know, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not like a visible broken bone that you can tell something's wrong. Well, I mean, and it's, it's our culture, right? Like, you have, um, the, the, you know, you have something, my dog just ran downstairs (laughs) to come see these people. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you have something in your eye. You immediately go to the optometrist. Right. Like, that's an issue. Right. You, you need it fixed. You know the person that you go see. You have a, a mental issue of some kind. You're just supposed to walk it off. Like, you're supposed to get over it and, yeah. and suck it up and do your job. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care what's wrong with you mm-hmm. unless you have a broken bone. Right. Like, there's no doctor's note, you right. know? And, and and sure, some, a lot of companies have taken um, personal days and, and things like that and added into, um, or mental health days even. Like I, I've I've known some places that that do that. Um, that just you know when you're having a sad day, you just take it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's not the thing. But like mental illness is such a such a, a thing that you go, um, you just you just need to get over that. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need to move past it. You know, you are physically fine. Mm-hmm. You need to show up at work, do your thing, and and get out. It, but for people who have to interact with any other person in the world, mm-hmm. like that's different ball game. Yeah. Like you're up coaching people every single day, having to be the inspiration, the motivator, it's the pusher so to hard. all these people. And if you're having a day where you've been knocked on the ground with depression mm-hmm. outside of your ability to stop it or anything, yeah. and you're just there. Or not even a day, months. Yeah, There are months that go by that I have to peel myself out of the bed because I have to go coach. I have to go to work. I have to pay the bills. And you have to put on that happy face and Mm -hmm. fake it till you make it. And it's 
so exhausting and it's so, you know, and I think too, it's frustrating because I want to have friends. <laughs> like I want to have friends. I want to go out and do things. I want to have a social life. But I wish more people were just like that honest to say something like that. You know, but you know, like, I, I, I want, want friends. I, want I really do. Like, I, but it's so exhausting and not only are you fighting this internal battle, but then you're having to fake it on the outside, especially for thing, something like we do, like CrossFit coaching. Yeah. And you have to be on and you have to be the showman and you have to be articulate and you have to be technical and you have to, you know, you cannot show that you are having a day at all. Mm. And if that goes on for months. So I, I, think a, I think a very important piece to remember, though, is that if you have a friend that has depression or anxiety, still keep them engaged or still reach out to them. Like nine times out of 10, when someone asks me to do something or go out and do something, I either don't respond or I say, well, maybe, or, and it's not because I don't want to. It's because I really don't know how I'm going to feel on that day. Yeah. I don't know how exhausted I'm going to be. You don't want to be around me when I'm in that place, you mm-hmm. know? Or and, if you're having to make that choice from, uh, you know, being overwhelmed with depression, mm-hmm. like that, that changes anything for the future. Yes. The outlook of it, not, not, not knowing how you might feel might be more impacted of how you feel at the moment. Yes. I'm trying to decide then. Exactly. You know? But keep inviting us <laughs> yeah. because yeah. we want to be involved. We, again, we want friends. We want a social life. And every now and then we will say yes and come out and have a great time. But if you give up on us or if you just stop inviting or stop asking or stop engaging, it re-solidifies the negative thoughts and that, well, yeah. I knew it, you yeah. know, I, yeah. I like, and it just keeps us in that dark place longer. So I truly 100% value those out there that have not written me off and have not just, you know, like, well, yeah. she stop the mind Sarah. She's just going to say no. Like, you know, cause and then it's you not... see it all over social media about all the fun <laughs> that they're having. And they're like, I didn't even get a call on that. Right. <laughs> Is it, it's me, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I was saying something about uh, the other day. I, I've had two two asks from somebody, and and I always I, I just for some reason have in my head if they ask a third time and I say no, like that's it, mm-hmm. like three strikes you're out. And so I know I've already denied twice. <laughs> and so you I'm like, had gum, like. Well, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, See, that's I'm in too a, much for me. the I would same like... boat and I'm like, I, I can't, I don't know. I, I want to be friends with everybody and I feel like everyone should like me. Um, <laughs> even though I'm not a great person. <laughs> like, like, I was, I was talking about this morning and I was like, I have an incredibly compassionate wife. And then I'm on the other side with like zero, like just, I, I can do empathy for a time. But like after that, I'm like I'm just not super compassionate person. I'm, I'm just not. And and and, and I was saying, you know, like I can give you a couple of weeks where I can be as compassionate as possible. But after that, I feel like you need to move on. Yeah. I don't know what you're going through, whatever it is. But that's about all I have the ability to do. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Compassion is not not my not my strong skill. Oh man. But no oh, man. I want it to be. It's just I'm I'm just not. I'm just not. Yeah. But I think that's a good point too, because it, it affects everyone differently. Yeah. And that's, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So I know me, it's anxiety and getting overwhelmed for you. It's, and we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You just want to burn everything down. <laughs> Light it all up. Light it yeah. all up. <laughs> yeah. If I'm down, everything else is coming down to my level. Yeah. 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 
burn it all. I think I'm a mixture of it all. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> I totally get the mail thing, though. Thank oh, you. Think, that makes so much sense. See, I hate the mailbox. I avoid the mailbox at all. I'm like, Izzy, go check the mail and then give it to Daddy. I'm not looking at the mail. Well, that's funny. See, I have to check it like every day. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and then sometimes when we don't have mail... Like, I wonder what happened in the world. You're like, who doesn't like me? Yeah, I'm like, there's got to be somebody that's soliciting something yeah, today. Yeah, like no circulars or anything. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm going to like, in most of the mail, like, I walk up my driveway, put it in the recycle bin. Like, it's not yeah. even important, right. but it, it, but it's just something I do every single day. I just check the mail when I get home. Yeah. But if I looked in there and it was full... I would just pile it and put it over there and not deal with it because That's, it's just too much. Like I'd be like, too. done. I have several piles yeah. of mail in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I will literally, I've even like walked to the mailbox, opened the door, looked in, <laughs> shut it, and walked away. <laughs> I'm like, not today, mail. <laughs> like, I don't have it. Yeah, oh that's gosh. a real thing. Getting overwhelmed easily. Well, and you have four kids. And I've told you time and again, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Like, you're the most patient woman oh I've ever God. met. Yeah, that's like, crazy, Cam. It is. It is. I walked into the gym. What day was that? Wednesday? They're on fall break. So one day Friday. last week. Was it Friday? No, Ian was with me Friday. I had backup oh, on Friday. Oh, that's right. That's right. But it, it was one day where it was just me and the kids, and we walked into the gym. And I walked in, sat down on the floor, looked at the board, Tears started welling up in my eyes. Oh, no. And I gathered all my kids. I looked at Sarah and I was like, no, it's not going to happen today. <laughs> I was like, we're having a rough day. <laughs> like, all right, girl. Yeah. We'll, we'll be here. So we go home and I grabbed all the kids up in the bed and we watched TV for the rest of the day. And that's all mommy could do. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But Sounds fantastic. We got yeah. some good snuggles out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I don't get any of those. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. And the moon is just right. There you go. Yeah. The stars align. I get more from Bella than anybody. <laughs> we snuggle every night in the bed. Aww. Big Bella doodle. I will say that's, and I don't know if, because you just got Bubba yeah. a, a while ago. But yeah, so therapeutic. I'm a huge yeah. believer that, like, not therapy animals, but animals in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, Tank has been my saving grace more times than I can count. Yeah. yeah. And I know you guys just got Bubba. Yeah. He's such a joy and... Yeah, animals are very helpful, even if you already have four kids. I was like, what am I doing? I have four kids. Why am I getting a dog? It's like, oh, oh I enjoy him. Dogs are the best. It's just they that are. they're always happy to see you when you come in. And that yes. unconditional love. Like, they just always are there for you. And they all, I mean, sometimes I'll sit down next to Tank on the couch and he'll move and it breaks my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> why are you leaving them? Um, yeah, there are but, times yeah, like just... at night she, <clears throat> she'll lie in our bed and I'll come and I'll just snuggle and rub on her sometimes. Sometimes I'll come to the bed to get in, and she'll just go to her spot where she yeah. sleeps. And I'm like, "Ouch! What, ju- what just happened here? Love like, me. I bought you. Totally. Yeah. There's there's nothing like a, a dog to change everything. Yeah. Changes it all. So so how do you function in the midst of your lifestyle, battling um, depression and being a mom? And yeah, I mean, you still have time to work out. Workout is That's my saving incredible. grace. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there's a lot of moms that just go, eh, I'm not working out. Yeah, I'm totally. To in me. Totally, yeah. yeah. Um, no, working, going into the gym is like typically my happy place. It was frustrating the other day because 
all the kids were on fall break and you oh know they gosh, were all it's just the worst. They were over it and we were over it and they didn't want to be at the gym and you know stuff like that. But and they're close in age. They're, they're not- very close in age. We had three kids and four kids in three and a half years. Good guy. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have twins in the middle, so that sped things up. And my youngest has special needs. Yeah. So we got a lot going on. But, um, I mean, there are a lot of days where I'm like, okay, what's the most important? Like, you can't bite your kids' heads off. Like, <laughs> you need to simplify the plate, take things off, and just love your kids and take care of your mental health. You know, there, there are some of those days. I will say I finally... I was so overwhelmed to go see the specialist. Mm -hmm. Like what Sarah was saying is so necessary. I was so overwhelmed to do that, like having a panic attack walking into the office. But once I finally did and, you know, we're getting medication has been a very helpful thing for me um, to cope and manage and um, exercise like and it may not even have to be exercise, but just, like, some outlet, like, some kind of hobby. Like, I just have to remember, like, who I am outside of being a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, that's a huge part of who I am. But, yeah. you know, I kind of have to remember, like, this is who I am. This is who, you know, I'm made to be and things that I enjoy doing and things that I'm capable of doing and kind of fill those tanks, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's important. And... And I don't, I don't know about you, but like, there's so many, um, moms who forget that, like to invest in themselves, you know, and and they just burn the candle at both ends and they end up inevitably coming together in a really terrible flame, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and we all know that, you know, if mom ain't happy, then no one's happy. (laughs) And so it's important, it's important, but but it also, like, I I think it also sets the tone for your household, you know, like. If you're investing in yourself, you're you're instilling the um, not the confidence, but the awareness that as your kids grow up, that they probably should invest in themselves yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and you've greenlighted that. You, yeah, you said totally. this is okay to invest in yourself. You don't yeah. have to totally give everything away that you have. You know, yeah. you don't have to give all of yourself away. You can you can you can take care of yeah. yourself and be healthy and, and do what it takes to to be healthy. And totally, and that's going to be bothersome to you sometimes, but like. You'll learn from that. Yeah, for sure. I think it teaches them boundaries. It teaches them empowerment. It teaches them that they're worth, you know, like I want my daughter. Well, I want all my kids, but, you know, my daughter's my oldest, but I want her when she's older to go, yeah, I am worth taking care of myself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would never look at her now and be like, don't take care of yourself. You're not worth it. (laughs) Like, it's heartbreaking. Just give up now. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally not worth it. Yeah. So yeah, teaching them. But a lot, but a lot of, but I mean, and we joke about it, but like a a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. You know, not with their words, but completely with their actions. Yeah. You know, they're just like, you know, whatever, just do the best you can. Yeah. You know, just, just keep giving until you don't, can't give anything else. Yeah. You're like, that's, that's a recipe for like burnout and disaster. That's, that's not a recipe for for, for success and, and yeah. living the best you can, you know, and, and, and working in excellence, not in mm-hmm. working in like yeah. survival. All the yeah, time, you absolutely. Know? Um, so that's, I mean, that's super important, especially, you know, for, for kids, but also other, other moms and dads around you that are, yeah. that are seeing you guys make that effort. Yeah. Um, because both sure. of you guys work out, both of you guys are investing in yourselves yeah. In, yeah. In, in, in ways. Yeah. 
there was definitely a season in life where like we found ourselves look in marriage counseling, found ourselves looking across the table at a counselor and he asked me, I mean, this was when the kids were teeny tiny Mm -hmm. and he asked me, so like, what are your hobbies? What are your passions? What are your desires? And I literally was like to survive. (laughs) That's it. I want to not kill them. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I didn't have, and I mean, ugh, you talk about being depressed. Like it was rough, like just miserable every day. Um, and it was a slow, but like you learn, and that was what CrossFit was for me. Was like once I started doing CrossFit because my husband begged me to come try a class, come try a class. So I did, <laughs> and once I finally did, I was like, oh, this is my thing. This is my jam. <laughs> and it literally like started to reawaken my my heart. You know, like yeah. not to be cheesy, but I had kind of committed soul suicide there for a little bit. Sure. Like, yeah, just, absolutely. You know, was so depressed. <laughs> I'm laughing, like trying not to be audible because I, I remember on. her first class. You were that? But she came. What was that like? Give us, give us a, give us a peek behind the veil here. Well, what had happened was <laughs> it was rough. I thought I was fit. <laughs> Everybody's like, "You're skinny. You don't need to go to CrossFit." <laughs> I puked three times. No First, way. Uh, yeah. After class, I'm standing there trying to talk to her about our foundations program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sentence, she's like, excuse me. <laughs> like, and I went to the bathroom. And bolts puked. to the bathroom. Yeah. Puke comes oh, back. Oh, my gosh. We continue the conversation. Give me a minute. <laughs> like, it was so <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So I was like, oh, my God, this poor woman is like it. I know. Oh, that's She's fantastic. never going to come back. No. <laughs> I know. And I tell my friends, I'm like, come try CrossFit. They're like, didn't you puke like a lot the first time? <laughs> I like, yeah, I don't think you'll be as bad as I did, though. Now, the first time you were the end, did, or did you go by yourself? No, or? I went by myself, but okay. Derek Brown is a good friend of ours, uh-huh. and he was coaching. And so I felt like I couldn't wuss out. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when you came home, did you, did you have to tell the story about puking three times? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I puked three times. I love it. Sign me up. I, love- <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's so bizarre. Oh my gosh. But- so many CrossFit stories, not necessarily with puke, but like <laughs> but so, some kind of thing. Like I was dead. I was ready to die. Like I just wanted to crawl out of yeah. there. And I loved it. And you're yeah. like, what yeah. is wrong with it's you? It's just Sickos. so empowering. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's an incredible experience. And everybody's, you know, is is new. I've been trying four and a half years to get my wife to show up. She she didn't show up there. She does her own <laughs> thing. She does. Does she do any kind of? Yeah. yeah. She does. She does. And she, she's uh, been going through a, a seminar to coach at her place that she goes and does stuff yeah, see, she's but, got her thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. I, I, I give her a hard time about it. She's like, I don't think I'm going to like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's fine. You do you. Yeah. I'm going to keep trying that. I didn't either. I come from a ballet background. <laughs> and it still comes out. You should okay. see Homegirl. <laughs> you should see Homegirl's handstand push-ups. You oh. want to see, like, a perfect inverted plie into yeah. pointed toe. It's 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 very pretty and very... But then she tells me, get under the bar. And I'm like, you want me to plie under the bar? <laughs> She's like, no, I want you to snap under the bar. She's so Anyways. graceful. She's a graceful lifter. Less grace, more <laughs> yeah. energy. Yeah, totally. That's funny. But yeah, I love it. It's awesome. That's really cool. I like that. <laughs> so what are, what are, what do you think are some things um, moving forward, like kind of your staples in your life. Like what, what do you think kind of keeps you grounded outside of, outside of CrossFit? Like you, you had mentioned uh, therapy of some kind, counseling, 
I'm so kind of the other things that keep you kind of, uh, I don't know, sane, but not, you know, I don't know, sur- above survival, a notch above. I mean, there's going to be always a, an element yeah. of mm-hmm. just like, I need to get through, but like, mm-hmm. are, are, what, are, what are some other things that, that are good for you that you've found? For me, at least, it's been education. Um, okay. I've always loved school. I've always been, <clears throat> excuse me. I've always been good at it and, and not school in the sense of, you know, sitting down and, and being lectured to by a professor or a teacher or whatever, just the pursuit of knowledge and, and constantly trying to stimulate the curiosity mm. of learning something new. And, and, and what I have found really unintentionally, my path has led me down to studying, um, the mind and consciousness and, and how, what is it and what, why do we have it and, and where does it come from? And I think I'm just now realizing, cause I'm in my technically could be last semester, but second to last semester, <laughs> that's another story. Uh, another podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, pursuing my master's degree in philosophy of consciousness. And I'm just now realizing I pursued this because I want to know more about why I am the way I am and why my mind works the way it works. Um, So for me, that constant um, state of discovery Mm -hmm. and learning and figuring out why, and I think it's the root of understanding, Mm -hmm. um, I have to have that in my life in some aspect. Yeah. So... um, yeah, I, I think for me, it's a, I will be a career student. I'm, I, I will forever and always go to school a, in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely crazy to me, but I, I love <laughs> yeah, that right. it's your thing. Yeah. yeah, I would do anything in my power to never go back to school oh. again. That's that's yeah. my goal. <laughs> yeah, so different lives, different paths. Yeah, Damn. totally. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, a couple things. I think it's. Interesting, because we're going to have completely different answers, (laughs) but I think it's at the root of, like, wanting to know who you are and, you know, having to um, kind of go on that, have those answers, what you were saying, you know, for me, I am a Christian, and so, you know, like, knowing who I am and knowing, part of my anxiety and depression is, I call it shooting on myself. I shit on myself often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you should do this. You should be like this. You shouldn't do this kind of things. And you really kind of tie your worth and identity up into that. Um, and so for me, knowing like who made me, why I was made, what I'm made to do, where my true identity is, where my true worth is, that it's not contingent upon what I do or what I don't do mm-hmm. or how I feel. Yeah. Um, or how somebody else feels about me, that's been a huge um, foundation for me. And then my husband <laughs> has been the saving grace a lot of days for me. That guy's all right. I know, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> but he's I like so, him a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so, um, we just compliment each other well, and there's so many days where he can just, like, call me out or just come alongside me like he just seems to know what I need and he can he's super grounded and he just keeps me grounded a lot so kind of what y'all were talking about earlier like if you are having to do the adult thing with depression paying the bills all the responsibilities like what you were saying like if I did not have Ian yeah that'd be rough yeah to do that 
um, on your own and I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but she's not alone. She asked me. We so just... we're talking about a male? M-A-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So Sarah's not alone. <laughs> Call me the town girl. <laughs> yeah. It, so well, and what, what's interesting, it, it seems, at least the, 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 the factor in, in you two and, and probably mine too, is that the thing that is drawing you internal can be uh, a fought or helped along by allowing external factors to, to be a part of your life, you know, whether that, that's a dog or a person or, or other things. Um, and I, and that's, that's the kind of thing I would love to just put out there. You know, if no one else hears any of this, um, is that if you're someone that's battling with depression, you know, the, the deeper you go inside might be the most catastrophic thing that, that you do. You know, mm-hmm. and, and once those cycles start, and, and you may not be able to stop, I mean, honestly, but um, but if you have an, an awareness enough a, as it starts to allow some external factors to come into your life, and they, and they may be different for everybody, yeah. you know, whether mm-hmm. that's your husband, whether that's uh, a CrossFit box, whether that's, you know, anything, um, allowing those inside your your circle of trust, no matter how hard that is, um, is, is is a game changer, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, it can, it can change the outlook and, and it, and it's not going to deliver you from, it's not going to be something that's going to be like, Oh, well this is going to wipe this off the face of the earth. I mean, it's still going to creep back. Yeah. Um, like there were, there were things that you guys have talked about that have completely changed the frequency of when, when I cycle down, Yeah. but then it still happens, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and it can happen when things are awesome, you know, and I'm like living the life and I'm like, I'm living the dream. At least somebody's, it may not be mine right now, but it's somebody's, <laughs> you know, and then I'm on the floor going, I don't know how yeah. to get up, Yeah, you know? Sure. And, um, so it, it, it's, it's interesting, um, because the thing that your body wants you to do is the opposite of what it needs to happen, you know, more yeah, times than not. That's a good way to put it. Um, and so that maybe that can be a way that people can find out triggers in their life mm-hmm. when, when they start going, um, isolation and internal, yeah. um, that might be something that you need to address in your life, you yeah. know, whatever that is. Well, and to piggyback off that, I think too, it's important to remember until you are ready mm. and honest with yourself, it's not, it's not, nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to, you know, it, it's, I don't, I'm going to say it's almost like, you know, an alcoholic, but in that sense, it, you have to get to the point in your life where you want help but are also willing to receive it. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times my mom or dad over the years, like if you would just try counseling, if you would just try meds again, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I got to the point of self-realization that that is the only Mm -hmm. thing that I have left to try until you get to that point, you know, you're, you're going to be fighting the battle alone. And, and, you know, you can have people tell you all day, try this, try that. But you, you got to do a lot of soul searching and I get wanting to fight it on your own or I get wanting to just, you know, take that on, you know, solo. But until you are ready to make that life change, you're, it's going to be hard, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, you're, you're going to be a solo battle and it, and it's, it's not fun. Well, and that's a good word for people out, out around you, you know, is that, um, we don't need you to be the answer, but we need you to be present. Yeah. You yes. know, and, and continuing to, to say, you know, maybe you should try this is, is not a bad thing. It can get annoying and mm-hmm. we may react to that. 
Um, but it also may sink in if you don't go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And that's key too. Like the, the, I absolutely uh, like triggers. I will shut down if you come to me and say, you know, oh, you're just having a bad day or, oh, you'll find you're happy. Like, I hate that. I'll find my happy. What does it even mean? Uh, like, I think that's a reference you know, to Princess Poppy, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it's, you know, like, don't, if anything, would, you know, tell me it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay to be you. Yeah. You are in this place and that is okay. Yeah. Love that's me enough all, to yeah. allow yeah. me to be me. That's all I yeah. want to hear. I don't want to hear yeah. it's going to be okay. Or I don't want to hear, oh, try this. Or, I don't want suggestions mm-hmm. um, to the extent of, you know, annoyance or whatever. I don't want you to cheer me up per yeah. se. I don't, I'm not looking for anything other than for you to tell me it's okay that I am the way that I am and you are still going to be by my side. Yeah. 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 That's hey, it. Hey, I'm sorry to hear that. You want to go lift some heavy shit right now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> See how you <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Let's snatch. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally. Especially coming from like in, I'm not saying all Christians are like this, but as a believer, I had so much shame about it. Mm. And when people would come to me and say like, you know, have hope. I'm like, yes, I do have hope. Like, <laughs> I love Jesus. Like I know that Jesus, you know, my hope is in Jesus, but like yeah. I feel yeah. so bad right now. <laughs> You know, and I just had so much shame about uh-huh. it. You yeah, know, it and, like, and Christians are the worst about saying stupid things. Well, yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> right. let me just put that on the table. Yes, like, yes. they're the worst. And they mean the best. I At least, that's what I tell myself. Yeah. They mean, I mean, God bless them. Bless their heart. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing <laughs> that you don't heart. say. But, <laughs> but goodness gracious, there's so many that yeah. say the worst things. It's just, it's like they can't handle the silence. Head. Or like, yes. you know, just, just. Just be. It's yeah. okay. My hope does not need your voice in it. That's, yeah. that's what yes. you should say. <laughs> Love it. Totally. Oh, bless yeah. their Sorry heart. on behalf of all the Christians with the horrible answers. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. ahead and apologize. Yeah. But, yeah. I just yeah. try not to get angry at people. Yeah. That's just my, my goal in life. Well, Don't I'm, punch people in my job. That's, yeah. the, that's the big yeah. thing, especially the, Christians, <laughs> they're probably paying the bills. So, you know, oh, no. so. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know, I think this has been fantastic. Yeah. Any, any parting words from you ladies? You're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's if real. anything, yeah, it's real. You're Despite not alone. Despite what everything in you is telling you. Yeah. You're not. You're not. It's yeah. more prevalent than you know. And, uh, it's okay to be you. And it's okay to be to not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, ladies, for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And uh, you know, be sure to tell all your friends. Hey, listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's the most exciting one you'll ever hear. Episode fifty-three. <laughs> Episode fifty-three. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's us. All right. Thank y'all you all so much. Hey, for all you barbell voodoo podcast listeners, we have a special offer for you guys. If you go over to Instagram and start following Barbell Voodoo Podcast, I'll send you a code that you can get 20% off your next order at barbell-voodoo.com. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Hey, if you don't mind on your way out, if you could go by Instagram 
and follow our page, Barbell Voodoo Podcast. It's brand new. It's part of the Barbell Voodoo family, and we would love for you to go follow us. You can also check me out at fitby40.blog. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.